A vague disclaimer is no one's friend. This podcast will look at episodes in relation to Buffy and Angel as a whole, and therefore contains spoilers for the entirety of both series. If you haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, go and watch them before you listen to this. Remember, you've been warned. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's why there's us, champions. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be. The Earth is definitely doomed. It's Tuesday, so it must be time to return to the Hellmouth. We're going through the Buffyverse episode by episode and a look back at Joss Whedon's iconic show. I'm MC, and I'm here with... Hey, it's Andy. And this is David. So uh, today's a different one. We're actually not going through an episode. We're going through the Buffy movie, uh, which came out July 31st, 1992. And was uh, written by Joss and uh, directed by Franz Rubel-Cousy. So uh, this is going to be interesting because this is not Buffy. No, it is not. Yeah, it, it might have the name, but it's not Buffy. <laughs> and that becomes more and more clear the more you watch this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much my thought. I was just like, okay, this is something but it's not Buffy yeah um I have either of you ever read the Star Wars comics and by the Star Wars I mean it's actually called the Star Wars it's a comic that Dark Horse came out with that was based off of uh, not Joss Whedon's George Lucas's original script oh no it's it's very interesting um huh. and you can like kind of see characters like some of them have the same names but like the entire situation is like totally different so it's like yeah i can see where you might eventually get to what's in the star wars movie from from this script but it's that's not what this the script is not that that's kind mm-hmm. of what this buffy movie is this is like a first draft that somebody spent 17, that's not 17, seven million dollars on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not, yeah. I mean, there are some bones there. Mm-hmm. There are some definite foundations there. Um, but yeah, it's it's not the TV show. Yeah, I, I was having fun trying to find lines where it's like, Oh, well, just brings that back on the series. Um, and then there are other mm-hmm. lines where I'm just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody rewrote that because there is no way that that came out of Joss Whedon's pen. I, I have to say, I, like, I spent most of this movie kind of going, how much of this did Joss actually write? Well, he Quite is a bit of it. Soul he's given right... Soul credit, so yeah. he must, I mean, by Writer Guild rules, he must have written the bulk of it. Yeah, it, but... but he... <clears throat> um, he was so frustrated by how the movie was going. Mm-hmm. He left the set and never came back. Yep. So they yeah. changed a lot of it. I think Donald Sutherland changed <laughs> almost all of his lines. He was rewriting his own dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Joss has nothing good to say about Donald I, Sutherland. I have quotes from Which is too uh, bad because he's actually, he's actually really good. Yeah. He's actually one of the ah! best parts of it. No. Really? I I, 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 so. I guess we're going to disagree because I think he's really good. I mean, it's I mean, may, I I mean, if I, I I if I looked at the dialogue alone, maybe I would go, oh yeah, that's not what I would expect from Buffy. But but Sutherland is good. I mean, I mean, Sutherland's one of these actors who honestly he's really good in pretty much everything. Yeah. I mean, 
Part of the problem is everybody else is so lousy. Yeah, pretty much. I would say there are exceptions to that. And I, I don't know. Donald Sutherland is good. He's pretty good. It's just there. Hmm. He's no he obviously head. He was obviously just like walking through it for a paycheck, though. Mm. Like, I, that's I, what I felt like. It was very much like, well, I guess I'll do this movie. I need another summer house. Having um, seen the first Hunger Games movie, I would say that was phoning it in. This <laughs> is this is not so much phoning it in. I, I, I think he didn't take it. Uh, he may not have taken it very seriously. I mean, in the featurette, he, he has this comment like, I never thought I'd be doing a film called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. But, I don't but think he, anybody thought they'd be doing a film called Buffy right. the Vampire Slayer. But but Sutherland, I mean, he brings his acting to it. I mean, I've seen I've seen very much worse performances from an actor in a role like this. I mean, he really I mean, it's not it's not his best role ever, but he he does it well, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a good actor. I'm not going to say that Donald Sutherland's not a good actor, because he is yeah. a very good actor. Yeah. But Well, that's the thing. Donald Sutherland on his worst day is better than most actors mm-hmm. on their best day. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's like, true. You know, just look at him in Animal House. I mean, that's clearly not a role that he did for any, you know, it's not a great mm-hmm. dramatic role. He's really good. Yeah, I mean, Joss famously has said... You know, he would rewrite his dialogue and the director would let him. He can't write. He's not a writer. So the dialogue would not make sense. And he had a bad attitude. He was incredibly rude Mm -hmm. to the director. He was rude to everyone around him. And he was just a real pain. And to see him destroying my stuff. So that's kind of where Joss was at. I I pulled a few quotes. Well, I can totally uh, see Joss Joss feeling that way. I mean, that's, you know, that doesn't mean he didn't do a good job of acting. So. Uh, though I mean, there's one. I, like I do believe that Joss probably had a very miserable time on this movie, and I mm-hmm. think that it does show that a lot of stuff was changed from his initial vision. Yeah. But one problem I have with Joss, and I've had this problem for years, is that when Joss gets praised, he is more than willing to take the praise. But when Joss gets criticized, there's always somebody else he can blame for. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, because, I mean, like, the one line that survived his X-Men draft was Mm -hmm. the line about a toad being struck by lightning. And Joss is like, well, that was actually part of a, you know, of a running thing that was in my script. And they cut it out. And um, what's her name? Halle Berry didn't deliver the line right. And he, um, I hated the producers on and director on Alien Resurrection, and it just didn't work out. And the Marvel Studios is responsible for Age of Ultron. So there's always somebody else to blame when things don't go right for Joss. And I think, I mean, actually looking at this, even just looking at the story, which I don't think they changed a lot, the story's hmm. not very good. Uh, I mean, the basic concept of Buffy is a vampire slayer, of course that's good because we you know, are doing a podcast about that very concept. Uh, but the, um, the master vampire, uh, uh, attacking the prom and being all creepy with Buffy, it, it, it's, it's, he, Joss has not reached full Jostum yet. Oh, no, oh, not, no at not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do think that, you know, it's, it's cute enough. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a fine, you know, I think this was probably one of his, this is like his first, like, solo writing credit for something that wasn't like a tv show right um and i mean like it 
didn't fail at the box office. Like it wasn't a huge hit, but it 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 made its bank. Like it um, it the movie cost seven million and it made sixteen, which yeah, I know sounds it, like super small, but if a movie makes you know twice its budget, then it's a success, which is probably why well, they were and, willing to make it a TV show in the first place. Right. In 1992, I loved this movie. I adored it. Oh, like, that's some, well, I, something like grabbed me and I was like, I, I we saw it on a lark. I was mm-hmm. like the dollar movies, like the discount budget movies. And like at the end, I was like, that was really, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I see its flaws much more now, but at the time, and I remember when it came out on VHS, like renting it and making my family watch it on Christmas Day or something. Like I loved it so much, yeah. probably because I saw in it the same things that I identified later in Buffy the series. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I wasn't as evolved as like a feminist thinker, yeah. you know, in 1992. I mean, I was there. I was fully mm-hmm. identifying as a feminist thinker. But uh, yeah, it wasn't. I, I loved it. I thought it was fabulous. Yeah. It was one of my I mean, favorites. I mean, I saw it in 1993. So I was 10 when I watched it. So I was mm-hmm. really not very mature in my, my thinking mm-hmm. of, you know good and bad but i mean i i liked this enough that when the tv show came out that i was like oh i'm gonna watch that uh because i actually initially thought that they were going to be showing the buffy movie rather than the show because you know they had like this two-hour block um, yeah and and i i thought that they were just showing the movie and so i'm like oh, i'll watch that you know i haven't seen it in a while and it turned out to be the series and you know yeah we, we did the same thing I think yeah. in our first episode, he told the story is my, my roommates are like searching for something and the, and the guide on the cable was like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And we're like, oh, that's that's a fun movie. Let's just put that on. And it wasn't. And so, you know, we went from there. But yeah, it was something if it was on TV, I'd always watch it. I mean, I could see there is some there, the, Joss is, is he's in there. You, you can you can see little bits like, well, I mean, they use the word sitch a lot. Yes. Yes, oh, like insane the, amounts. The, the, um, the, the slang is like Ugh. Yeah. Um and like the the basketball coach and the principal are all kind of proto flutie. Yes. Yeah. I wrote that yes, down to those made exact a note words, proto flutie's. Yeah. Yeah, those I was, exact I was wondering, same. you think you think Flutie ever took acid? <laughs> I don't know, but Stephen Root yeah. is so funny. He's Stephen like, Stephen Root who that Go is ahead. one of my favorite scenes of the movie. That that scene in his oh, office yeah. when, when she um, uh, hit, hits the fly. That's always been the scene that stands out to me. Like, I know a lot of people point out uh, uh, Paul Rubin's death scene. But for me, it was oh. always that scene where she, she hits the fly with the, the thumbtack. Ah, yeah. See, that, and it shows... that, that feels like Buffy to me. Yeah. Paul Rubin's death well, scene, and it shows so what a and it shows what a good actor, because Stephen Root is one of those quintessential character actors that's mm-hmm. really pretty much good in everything. Um, so, you know, it shows what, like, someone with some talent can do with the material. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta say, for, for a movie with this sort of offbeat a premise for the time, they got a hell of a cast for this. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just speaking of actors who already had cachet, you've got Paul Rubens, you got Rutger Hauer, 
You've got you've got Candy Clark for twenty seconds, who <laughs> apparently they paid enough for that they put her before all the other credits at the yeah. end of the movie, like before the cast. <laughs> um. And then you've got, I mean, like up and comers, like Hillary Swank's in it. Yeah, no, that that was always so weird to me. Like when I uh, went back, when I when I picked up the movie in the bargain bin, and I went back to mm-hmm. watch it, and I was like, "Holy shit, is that Hillary Swank?" And like yeah. at that point, she had just won her second Oscar, so it's right. like, "Oh and, my god!" But she she and David Arquette are at least credited. But yeah. you've, got, you've got Ben Affleck, Seth Green, and Ricky Lake in this. Yeah. And, and Thomas oh. Jane. And Thomas Jane, yes. And Thomas Jane is the mechanic that has that conversation with Pike as he's, like, going to leave town. And he's like, you better get out of here, too. And I'm like, what? Is that Thomas Jane? Like, this is the first time I noticed it. So I Googled to make sure it was. And, yeah. Hey, yeah, Thomas so there Jane are, in there, too. There are too. a ton of people in this. Yeah. And, I mean, just to dispel the... Uh, urban legend actually at this point Seth Green does actually appear in the movie it's very very briefly most people say that he you can only see him on the back cover which is true you, he, there is a picture of him on the back cover um, but Buffy kicks him basically okay. it's like the back yeah. of his head yeah like you recognize the red hair that's about it yeah so I mean I yeah, I mean, it has a cast that goes on to do some pretty great things. I would say that Hilary Swank is terrible in this movie. Oh, but she's it's awful. Her, but it's her first film. And yeah. actually, my opinion on Hilary Swank was she had one really good role that was really well written with a really good director. And I'm just not a fan, you know? Yeah, I mean, but she's amazing in Boys Don't Cry. She deserved that Oscar, but I don't find her really all that exceptional. Yeah. I I was amused that Natasha Gregson Wagner was in this, um, Mm -hmm. who is not a big actress, but um, I know her because she's in a movie with Vincent Carthizer, who, of course, plays Connor, and they have the most graphic love scene in that movie. Uh, It's Another Day in Paradise. And so it's really weird to see this actress who did this very graphic love scene with Connor, who will not be on Angel for another four years, um, be a, playing a teenager in the Buffy movie, which is five years before the Buffy TV show even came out. Like, I mean, I do think she was older when she was acting against mm-hmm. him. Yeah, but. she was supposed to be the next big thing. She was like in a movie with Robert Downey Jr. and nothing ever kind of came of yeah, it because she was getting roles because she was Robert Wagner's kid. Yeah, I looked at her. I looked at her credits, and I was like, nothing jumped out at me. But like, her name was very familiar for mm-hmm. some reason. So I guess she was a thing at some point, and yeah. it just lodged in my brain because, yeah, I don't know why I would know her, but yeah. apparently well, I, think I do. They did want to make her a thing because she's Natalie Wood's kid, right? Yeah. Is she Natalie Wood's kid? She is Natalie yes. Wood's I kid. I thought yeah. she was. No, she's just... Nat- well. IMDb says she's Natalie Wood's kid anyway. Oh, okay. Well, then IMDb is always right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it has a cast that goes on to other things. And you know what? I will defend Rutger Hauer to the ends of the earth for this movie. Because I think he's... I See, love now we're, him. We're, now we're going to have the opposite thing with Donald Sutherland here. Because I, my, my note... I have a note here saying that Paul Rubens and Rutger Hauer came both came a long way to this, both from very different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rutger Hauer, he's, I mean, he's fine. There's nothing wrong with his performance. But, you know, for me, I, I, fl- I always 
for Rucker Hauer, I go back to Blade Runner, and I'm sorry. This well, is yeah, pathetic. it's not Blade Runner. This is patheticness next to Blade Runner. So I think part of the problem is not with the performance; it's with the the character of Lothos. Yes. Um, yes, you're pro- think, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, I was really uncomfortable with how they were sexualizing the relation. The oh yeah, the back yeah. and forth between Buffy and Lothos, which they. Mm-hmm eventually kind of got on Buffy when they didn't cast somebody who was as old as Rudger Hauer compared to Buffy. Because, I mean, they obviously have that kind of, you know, predator-prey sexualized relationship with Angelus and Buffy and with Spike and Buffy. And it's a lot less creepy. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they're... <clears throat> well, you can, you can almost see, like, where the character of Lothos, where... His character is almost split up between um, the master and then um, Angelus and Spike. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, I mean, that that kind of thing is was was just typical vampire. Trope. Oh yeah, no, uh, I mean it's it's very it's very typical. The the, the 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 ability to mesmerize, which we won't yeah. really see on Buffy until. Dracula shows up. Mm-hmm. So the thing I love about Rutger Hauer, my defense of Rutger Hauer and Paul Rubens in this is because they go there. They know what camp looks like. Obviously, yeah. Paul Rubens totally knows what camp looks like. He was Pee Wee yes. Herman, but mm-hmm. like they get the campy spirit of it and just sort of go with it and embrace it and let it be what it is. But the direct, I see, I think a lot of the problem with this movie is the directing. It's so yeah. flat and yes. lifeless and it's just bad. Like the, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so I, know, I, just I know that, that, I mean, Fran Rubel's Kazooie, she basically, she directed one movie before this mm-hmm. and then this, and that's yeah. all she's ever directed. She's produced. She was executive producer on Buffy, the TV show. Yeah, Probably and that, that on the I think was a contra- that was a contract. It's a thing. contractual exactly. name only thing. Yeah. And her real success, apparently, was more as a distributor than mm. anything else. Mm. Although, weirdly, Wikipedia says she was a script supervisor for a decade. IMDb lists no credits for her as script supervisor. Huh. Hmm. So I don't know what that's about. But I mean, but yeah, uh, no. maybe no one, maybe no one went and threw up her entries from script supervising because, like, maybe? who cares? I don't know. Well, Maybe, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's yeah, it's, she's a terrible, terrible director. Um, yeah. I, mean, I did I think... love her first movie years ago. Uh, Actually, what was her first movie? It's called Tokyo Pop. Okay, um, I've not seen it. It's it's not good. I'm sure if I went back now, I'd be like, why did I like that so much? But Wikipedia I thought it was really... claims it was a critical success. It was. I mean, it's got uh, oh Carrie Hamilton is. Carol Burnett's daughter. And it's it's not, I'm sure if I saw it now, I'd be like, that's a piece of crap. But at the mm-hmm. time I liked it. I was a couple years younger even than, you know, watching the Buffy movie. So I thought it was, you know. Mm. Movies about yeah. people that sing and become famous are kind of my, my like, bread and butter. So, um. If I had seen this movie when it came out, I probably would have gone, oh, that was fun. Mm-hmm. But, but looking at yeah. it, really, it's, it's not well directed. It's not... No. Oh. I mean, like, I mean, we. I don't know if we're going to disagree on this, but Paul Rubin's death scene is just way too much. I love it. I was going to comment on it. that. Um, I mean, talking about uh, how Rudger Hauer and Paul Rubin's understood camp, and I, I do think they do understand camp, 
But probably where this movie fails and where the Buffy show succeeds is that there is campiness to, like, the master and glory. But when it comes down to it, they end up being terrifying. And I never got the impression from these guys that they were terrifying. Oh, no, they're totally not terrifying at all. And I, I... I I don't think Buffy the series is really all that camp. Yeah. In in the featurette, Fran Rubel Kazooie literally she comes out and says, This is a comedy. Yeah. And and Luke Perry bizarrely gets it mm-hmm. more right by saying or or at least what it should have been, by saying it's a comedy, it's a love story, it's a horror movie. Yeah. But he's just he's just spouting usual mm-hmm. actor. Mm-hmm. you know, promoting a film stuff, and he gets it more right than she does. <laughs> Luke Perry, I thought, was not terrible in this. He's um, not terrible, he's not great. I he's love not. Luke Perry in this! <laughs> well, that that's your prerogative. I love Luke Perry in this movie! <laughs> and it's because I think he gets the, the jossy dialogue yeah. the way it should be said more than any other actor in this. Yeah, I mean, like, acting-wise, I'm not a huge fan of Luke Perry. I was really actually weirded out when thinking about no. it. Like, this movie came out 25 years ago, and I was like, wow, he's playing a dad of a teenager on a teen show now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Luke Perry, yeah, um, while the acting might not be the greatest, I do think it's like I could have actually seen Pike appearing on the Buffy show at some point. Because I, I think that he yeah. is probably the closest to a Joss character. Um, because probably Luke Perry didn't change his lines. Yeah, his delivery is very Jossian. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm, or, you know, he gets that natural sort mm-hmm. of weed in. Like the one line I was like, he, you know, he t- says to Benny, you're floating. And like, it's very, I, you know, I called him like a non-shitty version of Xander in my notes. Really? You know, he has some of the, yeah, he has some of the characteristics. He is a bit Xander-ish. He's very Xander-esque. Before, like, while Benny's still human, he and Ben are, Benny are Oh, no, he's gross. No, 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 they're they're terrible. Gross at the beginning. They're like, I was like, they're worse than Xander at that point. I mean, he he kind of, like, once once Benny's gone, he improves. Yeah. But, yeah, because they're just, like... Oh, I fucking hated David Arquette in those. Mm. Uh, but then I'm not a huge fan of David Arquette to begin with. I yeah. actually walked out of a play that David Arquette was in. Mm. Uh, oh, really? Was it Rocky Horror? No, it was uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, which okay. goes to show you how much I dislike him. Was he him playing Sherlock Holmes? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Ew. Yeah. Speaking of plays, I forget if I've mentioned this on the podcast. But I believe it was in 2004, there was a theatrical production in London. I don't think it ever came to the States. Oh, you did mention this, yeah. Of When Harry Met Sally. I think you had mentioned that, yeah. Starring Alison Hannigan and Luke Perry. So we do have a marriage of the series and the movie. And actually, I, I just found, if you search on YouTube, you can find a clip of oh, the really? two of them. Because for nice. the... Uh, if you remember when Harry met Sally, you have the, the inserts of the, the old couples talking about how they met and all mm-hmm. that. And at the end, they have one of Harry and Sally. And in the play, 
those inserts were presented as film clips rather than staged. And so they have the clip of Alison Hannigan and Luke Perry doing the Harry and Sally How We Met uh, Hmm. interview. You you can find that on YouTube. It was, I watched it. It was kind of weird having actually seen it in the theater. Mm -hmm. Because I am actually, I am one of the people who actually saw that play. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It seemed pointless to adapt that for the stage, but it was entertaining enough. Since we were talking about uh, Luke Perry and uh, uh, David Arquette being awful, I actually think that that kind of goes across the board. Almost everyone is yes is really awful. Yeah, they are pretty awful. I mean, it's it. I I had a note that it was hard to watch because it's an hour and a half with the cordettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Nobody nobody in this film is particularly terrific. I mean, Buffy definitely grows, but yeah. Well, B- Buffy, yeah. Buffy is okay. I mean, you can definitely see a character arc with her. Unfortunately, Christy Swanson, I, well, I've never seen her in anything oh. else, so I don't really know her acting abilities, but she's missing the vulnerability that Sarah has. Yeah. She really oh, she yeah. really makes she makes she jumps basically from old Buffy, like pre-enlightened Buffy to enlightened Buffy. Mm-hmm. There's no there's really no growth per yeah. se. It's just like she just changes. Yeah, which is definitely a failure of this script. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, Christy Swanson, I've seen her in a couple things after that. Um, She was hilarious in her arc on on Psych. But other than that, she's not really. She's no Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. Um, And there's a super gross line from uh, uh, Buffy's boyfriend's friend where she's leaning over the car kissing him and her butt is in his face. And he goes, can I borrow her? Oh, it's like, so, oh my super god! Gross. Super gross. Yeah. yeah, there are a couple lines in here that I'm like, okay, it's pointing out some of the grossness, but there's other ones where I'm like, Joss, really? Like that is, yeah. And another time, like I think, like the same guy was getting up on Buffy, and her boyfriend's like, "Keep your hands off my thing." Yeah, yeah. And it's just that like, oh. one. I think, yeah. Yeah, but meanwhile, there are some lines which I think are really, you know, it's like these are definitely Joss lines. That this is a naked mm-hmm. place. That's a fucking Joss line. It's like there's yeah. no. Oh definitely. yeah, that's totally and, a Joss line. And also, and now you're a coat rack. Yes, mm-hmm. that's Jossy. Yeah, yeah. The the thing I was saying about I mean yes, Pike and Benny are terrible at the beginning, but they're also both kind of drunk, which is not an excuse. But I don't know. As the movie goes on, he's he's snarky and funny. Pike Pike definitely once Benny's gone, Pike mm-hmm. gets much better. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, you know, once he gets rid of the soul patch, he's the, seems like a pretty good boyfriend, and which just goes to show you, soul patch is bad, right? And you know, and he does step back and knows when to let Buffy do her thing and when to help and when to, and he doesn't seem super threatened by any of her power. Like no. I really like no. the I really like the line at the end where. She he knows you know did you want to dance and she's like I suppose you want me to lead and he's like no and she's like, yeah or something and he says me either you know mm. he says I don't mm. want to lead either mm. you know it's like yeah it's yeah I thought it was a cool line and you know I he gets the dialogue and his name is Oliver yeah according to the Buffy wiki his yeah. uh, his name is actually Oliver Pike 
I believe that is revealed in um, what there's a Buffy comic where they bring mm-hmm. Pike back. Yes. Um, and I don't know if that's the origin comic uh, or if they're, they did two comics where one where they brought they did one comic where I think where Pike came back and they also did one where they recreated the movie as canon mm-hmm. to the show like they they did Joss's script properly and mm. they um they put in the stuff that they uh did in the TV show more uh the TV show lore um uh, because the lore in this is so different that it's you, it's totally different yeah it, it, it's like if you turn your head and squint maybe you can see like it's like oh yeah I kind of recognize you know the the slayer lore but it's it's just so different i mean they don't dust which i know they only brought in on the show because it's like we can't have bodies every week um but mm. it is kind of jarring in this to, and the like, reincarnation the, thing and the reincarnation yeah the reincarnation of of merrick of all i mean he and buffy. tells her did you have dreams that you were ever merrick and buffy they're the same person over mm. and over and over and over yeah. again yeah. which i think doesn't make merrick's death merrick's death all that impactful I was wondering you know? about that. I'm like, wait, so you've lived hundreds of lives. Wait, so why do you die at this one and don't seem to come back? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, is it just he? It's one of those logical things. It's like, does he not come back because then he has to be like reborn and grow up? Or what's the deal? Yeah, I. Yeah, logic is not this movie's strong point. No, mm-hmm. it's really not. Um, I mean, and yeah. just vampire stuff. I mean, there's a point where Paul Rubens, like, uh, shies away from Pike's headlights. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Vampires don't like headlights? What's that Maybe about? Maybe they're just like super blinding? I don't know. The fight choreography in this movie is, it's just horrible. It's like, yeah. did they even bother to hire a fight director? They yeah. are like and Buffy the- depends highly on gymnastics. There's yeah. way too much gymnastics in right. this movie. Yeah, well, I believe Christy Swanson was a gymnast. That's probably why. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and um, we don't get the vamp faces. We instead get pointy ears. Yeah, Sometimes. we get weird ears. Yeah. yeah um, they, they fly. Um, and, yep. of course, the they most um, notorious bit of lore in this is the cramping. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I, was, I, I know. Like, I mean, like, besides anything else, it's just like, that seems like a really bad version of Spidey Sense because... yeah. Like, A, isn't that going to, like, you'll forgive me, cramp your fighting style? And B, like, there are other reasons to have cramps. So, like, how do you know? Like, if it's that time of the month or there's a vampire there. Or if you've just got, or if you've eaten, like, some bad food. Yeah. It's like. (laughs) I mean, do you think Joss thought it was like a metaphor for feminine power i do actually yeah i do too like a really not well thought out metaphor for i have no idea but i wouldn't be surprised yeah yeah, that's like 25 year old joss being like i'm so clever female power comes from their uterus yeah yeah Yeah. i Um, i think that's what he was getting at but it's just like it's really dumb power there's just a lot of it's like this movie is like trying to be campy, and then there does it. It undercuts a lot of the the actual you know danger that you know it does not feel 
like danger of the, oh, there's no danger the basketball scene am i alone in thinking that they were trying to parody teen wolf oh, i hadn't considered yeah. that but oh. now that you mention it yep huh yeah interesting yeah because i mean i didn't catch that until watching it this time but i'm like this really seems like they're taking the piss out of michael j fox yeah yeah i can totally see that that movie was on TV a couple weeks ago. Oh, man, that holds up even worse than this movie. That, that movie, doesn't surprise me. It is. I mean, seriously, I'd rather be stuck on a desert island with the Buffy movie <laughs> and nothing else than teen. It's terrible. It's just awful. Like, really sexistly, horribly with the... Bleh, there's nothing good about it. At least there are a few fun and good things about this movie. So, again, another 80s TV show that was turned into a television series oh that is true i've never seen the the teen wolf series um i watched the first season i was kind of meh i gave up i i think there's a certain 90s charm to this which oh yeah you know i'm a sucker for 90s charm because um i grew up the 90s and i'm super charming it's like okay i mean like that 90s montage i mean that's 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 oh so 90s well i mean that's almost 80s too it's kind of like a Mm -hmm. late 80s early 90s montage scene yeah um the docks with the dresses. Yes. Mine, I did that, but my wardrobe was not pastel. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, yeah no, I mean, it, it, you know, Toad the Wet Sprocket, the Divinals. I mean, come on, that's pretty 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl's hair oh. with the, the, the bangs and the, yeah. Scrunchies. Yeah. yeah. Really? Um, the, Divin- the, the Divinals were 90s? Because I saw them in like 83. I Touch Myself was, like, out in the early 90s. Oh, was it? Okay. I mean, my, my thought about that was, oh, they have another song. I know. I, I My notes say, oh, my gosh, it's a song by the Divinals that's not I Touch Myself. came out in 1990. I, yeah, I, I basically got three music notes on the, this movie. One is the Divinals have at least two songs. Uh, there's a non-album track by Matthew Sweet on mm-hmm. this, which I now have to track down. And we do not need any more covers of I Fought the Law. Mm. Certainly not one by Mary's Danish. Yeah, I, the Toad the Wet Sprocket song is really good that they dance to. Okay. I loved Toad, the, I loved Toad back in the day. Very 90s thing. So, you know, there's that. But yeah, it, it, like I said, it has, a, it has a kind of 90s charm that I kind of forgive some things because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot, a lot of the reasons we're, again, as usual, the reason we're having problems with this is we're looking at it too closely. Oh, yeah. And, of course, mm-hmm. and of course we're comparing it to the series. Yeah. No, I mean, if I were just watching this just for fun and not actually having to pay, having it play in the background while I'm doing other stuff, then I, mm-hmm. I would be perfectly fine with it. But actually having to look at it and, like, break it down analytically this is not a good movie for breaking down analytically because no everybody is so shallow like yeah. i mean i'm not talking about it's like oh they're concerned with their appearances there's nothing to these characters i mean you you no. scratch the surface and there's more surface i think you're overstating it i don't think there is more surface i think it's just yeah scratch the surface and there's nothing yeah i mean even merrick there's, I mean, there's no, yeah, there's nothing deep about any of these characters. Oh. No. It's very... No. I mean, even Buffy, who is the main character, she is a cheerleader who fights vampires. And that's kind of the only thing that I really mm-hmm. know know about her. I, I mean, I guess she grows, but I mean, 
at the end when she like hooks up with Pike, she went to that dance to look for her boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I yeah. Mean, it... Yeah. I have a note here actually. Like everyone in this movie is just horrible to Buffy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like everyone. Except Merrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there is that line about uh, Buffy's parents when uh, her, her oh. mom says, bye, Bobby, and Jeffrey says, she thinks my name is Bobby, and Buffy says, she probably thinks my name's Bobby. Right. I was like, no, that, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I'm, like, I noticed the prominence of Candy Clark in the credits, and I'm like, what has she got, 20 seconds in this movie? Something like yeah, that, I, yeah. Yeah, she might have had a bigger role that got cut down, is what Maybe. I think. Maybe. But I think it's just because, oh, Candy Clark, she was in The Man Who Fell to Earth in American Graffiti. So she gets big oh, credits. Oh, that's who that is. Okay. Buffy's parents in this really um, make Joyce every like single mistake she made in like the first and second season. It really puts it into focus. As, oh, you know, yeah. At least Joyce tries. Oh, jo- yeah. By comparison, she's parent of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, just because these, these parents are so awful. And, and, and they managed to be that awful in 20 seconds, which mm-hmm. is impressive. Um, I did like, I thought it was really funny in the scene when Buffy comes home and um, her mom's like, do you have any idea what time it is? She's like, yes. it's 10. And she's like, oh, thanks. Oh, I'm going to be late. That, I thought that, that was is, actually funny. That is actually a good gag. Yeah. Unlike most of the rest of the movie. Which yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm really, it's like, this is like, it has this quality of bad comedies where they basically say we'll just throw whatever we can think of that we think is funny to the wall and just let it go yeah it's like there's not a lot of thought put into this like the image that comes to me is rutger hauer playing the violin with Mm -hmm. gloves on yeah what what is that about that makes no sense it's one of his vampire powers i don't know right exactly yes he can play violin with gloves on because he's a vampire what? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's not It's not a great movie. Um, it yeah. is, you know, it's a product of its time. Yeah. And it's just so poorly directed. Yeah. Like, it has no idea what its tone should be throughout. The shots are flat. The mm-hmm. fight, like, there's a whole scene where she's fighting a group of vampires and she fights them one at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, one of them comes and she punches them. And another comes and she punches them. I'm like, really? Okay. At um, least do the daredevil thing where you're getting them into, like, a small hallway so that they have to attack you one at a time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, that's, that, that is, it's just bad. Yeah. But, but yeah. again, it's, uh, for a piece of nostalgia, mm-hmm. I kind of, like, I don't think it's the kind of movie that, it's the kind of movie you're going to get mad at if you try to analyze it as much as yeah. we are. So yeah, you know. I mean it's it's yeah it's it's the classic problem of you know is question is is this an entertaining movie or is this a good movie or both or neither and it's like yes it's fairly entertaining mm-hmm. it's not good yeah no I I totally agree with that like if you if Buffy the series never happened would you look on this movie kind of fondly when it was on TBS on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think I tried, but, I would be like, oh, Buffy, I love that movie. Let me watch that. You know, oh, this isn't as good as I remember. Yeah. I would probably say, oh, the Buffy movie. I haven't seen that in 25 years. Right. I And and by, at the same time, I would go, 
yes, Mystery Science Theater should tackle this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think it's... Oh, it. they could do a lot with this. There's a lot that you could just... You could rip this apart. Okay. Really easily. I think I'm kinder to it than you guys, because I do see yes, the bones. Yes, maybe you are. <laughs> I think I am. I don't know. I think it maybe came out at the right time, much like the series mm-hmm. for me. And Oh, I um, understand that. I mean, I have movies like that. And like, yeah. you know, if, if anyone asks me what my favorite movie is, I'll probably say Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, just because it's my favorite movie from childhood. And mm-hmm. even as a film buff and someone who has lots of opinions on movies as you may be able to tell. Um, I, it's like, I will not really discuss Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because I, I, on, I understand that like I am incapable of having an objective opinion on that film. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously I, have, I am capable of having a more objective opinion right. on this movie. Like, don't shit talk the Goonies or we're going to have a problem. Oh, God, yeah. Because no, it's like... a flawlessly perfect film with no... Yeah, I know it's not... But it's it's my they thing. mentioned an octopus in it, and that scene was cut out. Right, uh, I mean it's not. I mean there's some clunkiness to it, but like I'm sorry, no, it's, I fucking it's love that my movie, movie, and don't yeah. you ever say a negative thing about it, mm-hmm. or I will punch you. I was, you know, that I grew up with that movie, so yeah, yeah, I know, I know how you feel on that one. Yeah, I mean um, it's 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 everything. Yeah, I, I mean I yeah I just I kind of I see the bones of what it's trying to be. I, I there are some lines in the movie that I find like super hilarious the thing about graduating going to Europe marrying Christian Slater and die I'm sorry that is a great line yes now I feel like in the comics they should introduce a um, Christian Slater lookalike because if if they did that then Buffy will have done everything that she had set out to do right yeah (laughs) just in the wrong order she graduated she did go to Europe and she died. Yeah. Yeah, that line is class. It's really classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will give one, I, I will give a lot of credit to one thing in this movie, though, mm-hmm. in terms of our talking about the series. There is one exchange between Pike and Buffy that I think really epitomizes a major element of the series. Mm-hmm. It's when he says, Buffy, you're not like other girls. And she says, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that really speaks to something we we've discussed: is Buffy's difficulty of being the Slayer and trying to have a, an actual life as well. Yeah, it's like it's like you're not like other girls. Well, no, no, I am actually like other girls. I just have this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then also the stuff that Merrick says about you know you do everything wrong and you know that yes. conversation. That, and the thing he's like. Oh, she's like, well, what do you, what would you do if all the vampires were gone? And he's like, maybe retire. I would have made an excellent bootmaker. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's so like the conversation that Giles yes. has about wanting to be a grocer or a pilot. Yes. And, you know, so that, that, and that is a lovely little scene between Buffy yeah. and Merrick. See, there are these little specks of mm-hmm. what we will see mm-hmm. later in the series. Yeah. And I think uh, Buffy's confrontation with Lothos when she's got the cross and it's flaming the whole Mykene fashion sense. Mm-hmm. That's very Buffy. This whole idea it of is. Buffy is different from the other slayers because of her being this kind of, you know, it's silly Valley girl type thing that, yeah. yeah um, that that's something that they have like little, 
glimmers of in this and something that mm-hmm. will come up more that Buffy is a special slayer because she is Buffy's not special because she's the slayer. Uh, she's a special slayer because she's Buffy. Right. And, yes. and Merrick mentions that, you know, they didn't get to her to train her. They've been looking for her, which is mm-hmm. another thing that comes up in this series is Buffy's probably special because she's Buffy and she's, you know, amazing and, you know, have a yeah. big, whatever. But also because she wasn't identified until mm-hmm. like right after she was called. You know, in the series, like she doesn't, she's never grown up with Watchers. She doesn't. And again, that's something we're going to come back to in the series time and time again is she got to be kind of normal and Cordy-esque and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. found out she was a slayer. Yeah, she's less confined by her training. Mm-hmm. As because mm-hmm. she didn't get trained, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, another you know theme is like the town that doesn't notice anything. That's going to yeah. come up again. I mean, in this case, it's the high school because it's like it's L.A. Because so it's, it's a L.A. Bigger, yeah, bigger town. But in this case, yeah. that high school, whatever. I'm thinking a suburb of you know, yeah. whatever it is. Wherever it's it's it is. like a small neighborhood, and uh, yeah, it's Los a small Angeles, neighborhood, yeah. and they don't notice that people are going missing, and they don't notice like which is going to be a theme that comes up in uh, in the series, and yeah. that the mascot of both schools is a pig. It's- yeah, well, yes. a different kind of pig. But it's yes. still a pig, which yeah. leads me to believe that Joss thinks piggies are super cute, because yeah. they are. Um, I always really liked the um, the cheer that they did. Oh my I god. Really? Oh, that was re- horrible. I remember, well, I think it's probably nostalgia, because I mean, like, remember, I was 10 when I first watched this. No, no, this. okay, Ready? Okay. Come on, come on, MC, ready? <laughs> God, you How funky is, is your, your chicken? chicken. <laughs> How loose is your goose? goose? How loose, loose is your goose? goose? So come on, come all on, you hog fans, fans, and come shake on. your caboose. <laughs> no, it's fucking terrible. But I it's terrible. It was so funny. When I Which was is kidding. why I made you do it. I'm so glad I went to a high school that didn't really have sports teams, so we didn't have cheerleaders. <laughs> oh, I kind of ignored sports and cheerleaders so i have no idea i thought the amount of spandex really showed its 90s-ness but why would you wear that much spandex it would be like super hot in southern california like in those world cheerleader outfits and spandex Mm. which they didn't even include on the on the poster uh which uh Mm. note um i as i understand that is not christy swanson on the cover it is not no, they 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 hired a model to to do. Oh, a photo just the poster, poster, because yeah. you don't see her face. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's like yeah, that's. Whatever. I mean, it totally makes sense, but I just mm-hmm. thought that was an interesting bit of trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the advertising is interesting. I mean, the trailer is terrible, and mm-hmm. I want to ask the two of you. This is something I wanted to ask the two of you because it comes up in one of the TV spots. Is Luke Perry really every girl's fantasy? Back then, well, um, uh, he was never mine. But he was never back mine then, in, in 1992, like at the height of 90210, oh, sh- uh, he was very, very popular. Okay. Because they, they say this in one of the TV spots. Oh, yeah, he was mega. I remember people just being crazy for Luke Perry. He was everywhere. I was never a 90210 person, but... 
I watched it just because whatever, but I probably lied to my friends about watching it because yeah. I love a good soap. I mean, I just do. But, like, I was, you know. This movie came out three years into 90210. So this, this was supposed was like, to be his big breakout mm, thing yeah. outside of 90210, and it, you know, it didn't get, like, I mean, it made its money back, but it yeah. wasn't exactly... You know, setting the world on fire even then. Yeah. And he's carved out a very nice career for himself uh, since. I uh, love him on. Okay, see, I love a good teen soap, people. Like, I I kind of really like him on Riverdale. So I have not I watched really, Riverdale yet. I've been meaning Oh, it's, it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty terrible, but it's kind of really good. I terrible. need to watch it. I, I've read. They, of course, now have a Riverdale comic. I have read the of first course. issue and it's actually pretty mm. good. Mm-hmm. And so I have higher hopes for the series than I did before. The Archie comic books have been very, oh yes, surprisingly yeah, no, great lately. Archie com- Archie comics right now are actually terrific. Yeah, considering I'm, I'm how long away. Archie held out into just doing the same old thing over and over again. Well, mm-hmm. and it's the it's the same writer. Uh, the guy that's showrunning is the guy that wrote the Afterlife with Archie and the like scary Sabrina. He wrote all the Archie horror comics a couple mm-hmm. years, so he kind of oh, has is a it, decent oh, is that the same guy? Okay. pedigree for it, you know. So uh, I, you I know, know the is that why they're not coming out with those? Huh? Because uh, uh, that 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 comic stalled, if I remember correctly. Which um, uh, Sabrina? The, the Afterlife with it, Archie. I think they oh, have finished it. I think Afterlife. Yeah, there. I know Sabrina got delayed recently, hmm. and I think Afterlife may have had the same problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I mean the actual like Arch like Archie and uh, Jughead, for instance, mm-hmm. and and Josie and the Pussycats are all being written by comic book writers from mm-hmm. like Marvel and DC. Oh wow! Like like Jughead so far has been written by Ryan North and Chip Zdarsky. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, actually, okay. the other way around who of recent times have done Howard the Duck and Squirrel Girl <laughs> and and Archie is being written by oh like a, a major major comic writer and I'm forgetting which one it is now but, but Archie's being done and Marguerite Bennett's one of the writers on uh, on Josie and the Pussycats and oh. Josie and the Pussycats is great nice like, I, I'm reading Archie comics again mm-hmm. it's weird yeah, I, yeah. I mean, so to digress, but Riverdale, yeah. it's mm-hmm. not good, but mm-hmm. it's definitely worth watching. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they're trying to be, they're trying to be part. I would say, I don't know, part. What's a not nine hundred two one zero, but maybe one of those other teen soaps plus mm. Twin Peaks with yeah, a little I was gonna bit say of Buffy. Yeah, it's like a, mm-hmm. it's kind of got a Twin Peaksy Veronica Mars type. Yes, Twin Peaks meets Veronica Mars. That's exactly kind of what, okay. uh, what yeah. you're looking at. Again, it's not good, but mm-hmm. it's super fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jughead is fabulous. I, I really love. Uh, was it Cole? Sprouse? Yeah, Cole Sprouse. Yeah. It's really, really, really cute as Jughead. Yeah. I, I really enjoy his sort of. Yeah. It's it, anyway. I recommend it. My yeah. recommendation, listeners. I should I should note that the the Archie comics I was just raving about are not the same continuity as Riverdale. Yeah, oh they, yeah. They are they are doing a Riverdale comic, which is in the same mm-hmm. thing. But but you should totally go read the Archie comics. Yeah. I really might have good. to do that. I have. They're, some... they're shockingly good. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Good to know. So anyway, back to back anyway, on to Buffy. Buffy, um, yes. Yeah. Another CW show. Yeah. And a movie. Um, yes. Oh, in the movie. But yes. Yeah. No. I mean, in terms of this, I mean, I really think I, I would relate it to when they came out with the the script for the Star Wars. It is you. It is in a very expensive first draft of something mm-hmm. that will eventually be really good. It just it needs a couple of more passes and a couple mm-hmm. of people saying, "Yeah, you shouldn't do this. Maybe do this." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joss needed to grow as a writer for he did. sure. Um, again, the bones are there. It's kind of fun. Yeah, like, let's talk about the things we did like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We did okay. a little bit, but... Um, well, I don't know. Can we agree? Because I like Donald Sutherland and you didn't. So I uh, hate Donald Sutherland. And, right, and you didn't like Riker Howard. And I love right. him in this movie. I think, he's, I think he's just really over the top. And I just appreciate, like, a just camp acting performance Mm -hmm. i think that i don't think it served this particular movie which when a performer to me when a performer gives a performance that doesn't match the tone of the rest of the movie that's not necessarily the actor's fault that's the director's Mm -hmm. fault for not having a conversation about like i've told actors listen you were all amazing in that run through but none of you are living in the same None of you are living in the same play style-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's figure out where we are. You know, again, so I think he just went, hey, I'm making a movie called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm hanging out with P.B. Herman. Like, well, I hey, think I think Rucker, Rucker Howard it. actually does, I mean, considering it further, I think Rucker Howard really does do a good job. The problem mm-hmm. is that the script was written like that. Yeah. It, and I mean, Howard basically... Hauer basically takes the script he was given and runs with it. And runs with it. And even Joss said, I had like a a quote that says, people always make fun of Rutger Hauer, even though he's big and silly and kind of goofy in the movie. I have to give him credit because he was there. He was into it. Mm-hmm. And he says really nice things about Paul Rubens, too, that mm-hmm. he was, you know, super sweet on set and um, was super like, oh, I have a quote. Like, he was really supportive of Joss and... Mm-hmm would come to him with like, well, do you think, you know, he says something like, Oh God, I had it. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, Hey Joss, do you think if I just put this in instead, you know, he said, I would like to change this line, just tweak it this much. And Joss was like, yeah, thanks you for asking me. And um, he said he was really, really, really great to work with. So. Uh, and back when he did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it was a huge deal for him to be in something and not be Pee Wee Herman. Yes. Well, he was trying to rehab his career. Yeah. Um, yes. And that's I mean, one of the reasons he took this movie yeah. is because he'd had the whole incident where he was caught in a, you know, adult cinema. Yes. Yeah. And um, which, which I always felt like people gave him you know trouble for that I mean. uh, so that i i did read a piece of trivia the um the character is supposed to originally be played by a woman yes yeah. it's like joan chen or something mm-hmm. Joan and chen i think it was joan chen wasn't she on twin peaks yeah she was on twin peaks yeah and then she had to drop out at the last minute so they got um paul rubens instead but yeah, yeah he joan was chen. really yeah. That's, yeah. that's a bit that's a, quite a jump yeah yes for sure um but yeah paul rubens was really trying to rehab his career at the time because 
Oh, yeah. No yeah. one else was wanting to put him in movies. So instead of. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean like, this yeah. was the same year that he also he also had the cameo in Batman Returns. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that was probably the Tim Burton connection. Because oh, uh, yeah. Tim Burton yeah. directed the two Pee Wee yes. Herman movies. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so I, you know, there's part of that. And it is, it's one of the few films where he's, I mean, he's done a few. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. as Pee Wee Herman, but. Yeah, but I mean, especially at this time, like, mm-hmm. if you yes, look this at his really... IMDb, like, everything before this is Pee Wee Herman. But then mm-hmm. this is, you know, and he looks so different uh, mm-hmm. from. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Pee Wee Herman character. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was part a, of that is intentional. Well, yes. Yeah. There was a period of years where he was not, he didn't want to talk about Pee Wee Herman. He didn't yeah. want to talk about, so he made this, he made um, Mystery Men, which is another movie I kind of mm. really oh, find I love charming. Mystery yeah. I like Mystery Men a lot, actually. That's a, yeah. that's a, see, now that's a fun movie that you, that's not too awful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. For sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, he was trying to distance himself from mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. So. Well, I think part of that is that one of the reasons people gave him so much grief over the incident is mm-hmm. that he was thought of as a children's performer. Right. Which is always weird because Pee Wee Herman was never supposed to be a children's character. Right. He was a parody of children's characters. Right. And, but... and if you actually see like the original like Pee Wee Herman stuff... It's like really raunchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but of course, many people didn't get the joke. Yeah. So, I I still think I I still think the death scene is a bit much, and also and also that they bring it back as a mid credit scene. Yeah. I'm like, I think if the tone of the movie had been consistent, some of this might have worked, or the director would have mm. said, "Okay, that's too much." Yes. Like, yeah, no, again, I think else. that's the director's fault. I mean, that's that's where you you go that she should have said, okay, that's too much. And we'll either edit it down or we'll do another take. But they didn't do that. Yeah, that scene was actually an ad lib from Paul Reeves, as was. I understand it. Probably because the scene just wasn't working and he was trying to punch it up. Honestly, the mid-season, the mid-credit uh, sequence does not bother me. I think they should have cut it down a bit during mm-hmm. the actual movie because it does take away from the fact that Buffy is meeting up with Lothos for the first time. This is supposed to be the big moment. This should be the yeah. moment where the comedy falls away and you're actually mm-hmm. getting threatening. Yeah, and not only that, just from a filmmaking perspective, from a story perspective, it stops everything. It good. does. It does, yeah. no, I From mean, a it, pacing it, perspective, it's it just like, ugh. It would have been yeah, very no. funny if they had called it back in the if they if he had yes. been stabbed and then gone down and then they the let credits, the whole they had stupid thing play it. out. That yeah, would I mean, have it's... worked better. Yeah, that would but have worked yeah. much better. Yeah, this it it, gr- mm-hmm. it grinds the movie to a halt, and because Buffy is meeting up with Lothos, and this is the the final confrontation, the the campiness and everything should have fallen away, and it. I mean. I am a huge fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Oh, yes. So I can appreciate horror and camp together. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, uh, any of the main characters facing off against Freddy, 
all of the jokes and everything that he has had throughout the movies will go away and he becomes and scary the first couple of mm-hmm. movies there are some towards the end of that series where he's just mm. not it's not but yeah the first i would say at least yeah. three yeah. or four yeah it the, are legit yeah the first three are legitimately pretty well okay let's not talk about two that one doesn't exist but yeah well i think even when when um, in the ones that are not very good, even when it comes to the final battle, you will not have him making jokes right. the entire time, and he's not transforming mm. into things. He will be the he will be the scary monster thing because you need to do that in these types of movies if you want to have a legitimate mm-hmm. threat. I mean, it might not always work, but and I don't think they quite no. got that with this, where you needed to set yeah. up Lothos. I mean, the problem isn't. I I, I seriously. Do not think the problem is that you can't have no, camp you... and horror together. It's that it's just done terribly here. Mm-hmm. It's well, not I... done well. We were talking about it uh, when we uh, did Prophecy Girl. I mean, up until Prophecy Girl, the only thing he was the sass master, and it was just about making jokes. But mm-hmm. then, when you have the master actually facing off against Buffy, he is terrifying. He is, you know, yes. stalking her, and he grabs her, yes. and it, you see Buffy cry. Yeah, when he has finally got her, it's mm-hmm. it's they're really they really build it up. Uh, yeah. So you can have a campy character, but mm-hmm. eventually that has to you have to you have to almost buy that camp by mm-hmm. having them be an actual. Oh character. yeah, and also, but also. The camp isn't overdone in the series. Yes. Here it's just over the top. It's, you know, you, you, that's the thing. It's like, you have to, you have to have balance. Mm -hmm. You, you can't, you know, as I say, again, it's like, it just like the movie stops dead there. And it's not just that it stops dead pacing wise. It stops dead Mm -hmm. horror wise. It just, I mean, like, like you, you, you throw that element of the movie out the window for like a whole minute uh-huh. and you go pure camp. Okay. So everybody always talks about Joss Whedon's foot fetish, which I'm not what? sure how much I um, want to I go into that. Um, but, Oh, well it's Quentin Tarantino, but people are bringing it up a lot okay. when it comes to Joss Whedon too. Um, but I would like to mention uh, Joss Whedon's fetish for girls wearing formal wear. And oh, come jackets. on! I mean, I mean that's oh, he yeah. obviously went. Oh, that thing that happens in the movie where she has Our- a white dress and a leather jacket. Let me recreate that in a good way. So, are you saying this is a problem? <laughs> No, because actually, I, th- I think they both look really cool. Like, I mean, even though I'm not really a huge fan of Christy Swanson's dress, I mean, it's mm. it's so oh, very it's early nineties. Like, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's painfully early nineties, um, and I I think that um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's Prophecy Girl dress still holds Again, up today. Again, we said in mm-hmm. a previous um, episode that I'm now thinking of wearing a copy of that dress for my <laughs> wedding. So obviously, it holds up. Mm-hmm. No, I think you should wear a copy of Christmas no. Johnson's dress. <laughs> I draw the line. I draw the line. <laughs> yeah. Also, the leather jacket here is incredibly forced. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why? Because it yeah. looks cool. Why? Why is Pike giving her the jacket? Like, because yeah, exactly. they want the yeah. image. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of those. It's like 
yes, I know that's why you're actually doing it. Don't call attention to it. I don't yeah. know. It's like he rips her yeah. skirt and then to make up for it, gives throws her his jacket. I don't know. But yeah, the, yeah, the, sense, the yeah. white dress mm. and the black leather jacket. What other Joss Whedon properties does he do that with? He does not do it in any, but just the fact that he did it in um, two of them, I think that it's, it's for some reason, he's really into that look. Um, it's a good look. Well, it's a good look. <laughs> it's it a is really, true. It's a good look. good look. I'm like, I'm all for formal wear with something for, funky, so I'm, I'm into the look, so... Um, it looks better on real Buffy than faux Buffy, but yeah. yeah. Actually, you know, when she go- when Christy Swanson, she does conventions. She does like the big wizard worlds and stuff. She mm. does like get, uh, they credit her as the first Buffy, the original Buffy. Yeah. But technically true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, the not as good Buffy doesn't sound as great as the first Buffy. Well, yeah. Um, and I, and I, I really don't want to like, take christy swanson to task for this yeah it's not it's not her fault no (laughs) yeah you know i think she did an adequate job with what she was given Um, well i think that's that's true mostly across the board yeah it's not i no. i I mean i i am i am perfectly willing to lay any blame for this at the feet of fran rubel kazooie yeah (laughs) because really it's just that the movie is not well made Mm -hmm. it's i mean it's it's competently made and it's entertaining enough but it's not good and there are some some clear flaws Mm -hmm. that are just like really glaring when you actually pay attention to it and so so i really no, it's it's the direction i i really i really will fault the direction more than anything else yeah i think this this script is not um it's not there yet, but I also th- yeah the the script isn't there yet, and the direction. Just I mean, I think the script is probably yeah. a good seventy five percent there, um, but mm-hmm. the direct mm-hmm. yeah the I mean, really, it's it's bad, it's it's yeah. it's bad directing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I almost feel with a lot of this, it's it feels like what somebody would write. To try to sound like Joss Whedon. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, like um, you would you would have stuff coming out in like 1998, 1999, where they were trying really, really hard to be Buffy, but they weren't. So they would have kind of Josh-ish lines, but they were not. Uh, they were lacking. I'd say uh, that's the spark that that whedon would have yeah. um and i think that joss is at this point i believe he was like 28 or 29 at the time he, he just wasn't there yet. even if you think about it later on and this is just two years again movies are usually shot i don't know nine months to a year before they actually are released but mm-hmm. speed came out in 94 and mm-hmm. I know that he is not credited, but now it's kind of come out that Joss wrote all he did the good a lot dialogue of it. Yeah. for Speed. Like, the writer that's credited by the Writers Guild is, did some plot, you know, did a lot more plot outlining and first pass yeah. and Joss. I mean, all the good jokes in Speed are well, Joss's and they're, it's a great movie. Well, he was a script doctor on Speed. He was. He? Uh, he was. Um, again, he didn't get any credit, but, you know. And usually right. script doctors. No, yeah, so. but... A- yeah. 
Well, I'm looking. I'm looking at IMDb, and really, before this, Joss's writing credits. It's were Roseanne. Yeah. Yeah. It's Roseanne and Parenthood, and and basically, yeah, this is written by a, yes, a sitcom writer. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. Maybe this this may actually maybe this is the same kind of problem we had with David Greenwald on Teacher's Pet. Hmm. Is like he's coming off all this other stuff that really doesn't quite fit and hasn't found his voice yet. Yeah. Oh, wow. I just pulled up Joss's IMDb. That's incredibly embarrassing. Where uh, looking at his um, his IMDb right above Buffy the Vampire Slayer yes. is Muffy the Vampire Lair. I was, was going to mention that. The what? I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. catch that. Uh, he's he's got a credit for Muffy the Vampire Lair, the uh, inevitable porn parody. Yes, because and it says in parentheses based on the. Oh well, yeah. By. I mean, there's several so, Buffy porn yeah, parodies, and, and I've seen several. Yeah. Of them. But I know, I know, there is no other writing credit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean that's that's just really funny that between his credits before Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Toy Story or Yes. Which I don't think he actually wrote. The best. No, no. It, no the it, best it Buffy. It clearly says yeah. characters. The best by. Buffy porn parody ever was actually the little cutaway joke on Friends with with Phoebe's oh, the, sister Ursula, yeah. who was using yeah as yeah. Buffet the Vampire Slayer. That's the greatest. Yeah, and there's actually some little <laughs> clips of her like ah in a, like a white dress. It's uh, another 90s kind of <laughs> reference um, that was Buffet, the Vampire Slayer. Um, yeah, actually, uh, based on uh, Joss Whedon's IMDb, there are three Buffy oh, yeah. parodies. For sure. Not counting the yeah. one from Friends, which wasn't actually porn. Yeah. Not counting. Yeah. Yeah. There's Buffy the Muffy the Vampire Lair, Buffy the Vampire Lair, and then just Buffy the Vampire Slayer Triple X, a parody. I'm going to admit so, that I... Th- they, they get yeah. less creative in their titles as they go along. <laughs> and there's also something called doll play, which ha- they have almost no detail on. On Joss's IMDb? Yep. And how old is that? 2009. Doll play... I, it's odd. I don't know. It, it, it really gives me no... It says it's a mystery. And it says it's from Sweden. It says creator Joss Whedon, star Haley Araya, and that's Again, all it says. But I think somebody is yeah. making shit up. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, apparently there was an astonishing X Men TV miniseries. Hmm. Uh, I believe that's a motion. Oh, comic. it was. Yeah, yeah, it was a motion oh. comic of the gifted, oh, the first uh, the, yeah. arc that Joss wrote of uh, uh, astonishing. Yeah. Which happens to be fantastic. It's really great. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, so, um, does anybody have any final thoughts on the Buffy movie? Oh, nostalgically, I like it, and I don't know. Yeah. It's entertaining enough. I'm not that impressed. You got, okay, one of the best lines in the movie, which is what I'll say before I end, is, is Stephen Root saying, yeah, I saw lots of action in Nam. Well, I saw Platoon. Yes. No, Stephen... Stephen Root may be the best thing Stephen about this Root movie. Stephen Root is the best thing about <laughs> I, I a lot can, of movies, so... 
Um, okay. I'm a yeah, huge, there's huge that. fan. I did really like him giving out detention slips. Detention. Detention. <laughs> yes. Now, see, he's an actor that no, knows at- the balance there. He knows how to play the camp. Yeah. Yes. He also, like, there's a balance in his, you know. So, again, I love Stephen Root. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's terrific in this. I, he really is. He really is spot on. He nails it. Mm-hmm. But, but to be fair, he also has... He does. Lines. He has yeah. really good lines. So. <laughs> That's all I have to say is I had to quote the one one line at the end, but it's a movie and Fair it's enough, a movie yeah. that I loved when I was 17. And it's sort of without it there would be no series. Exactly. Yeah. So, yes. The one yes. Thing, yeah. In real world terms, it is. it's important. Yeah. yeah. But it's not an essential No, if yeah. you're a I do think if anybody wants to know what the Buffy, about the Buffy movie from a canon perspective, they need to check out the origin. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, you were you mentioned that. Yeah. Yes, I did mention that. Yeah. the I believe it's a four-issue miniseries from Dark Horse. Uh, that, I don't think I've read it, but that sounds, I seem to remember that. Yeah, yes, I that mean, uh, right. a lot of the Buffy stuff is no longer canon like the they made the um when they were coming out with like the uh ongoing series during the mm-hmm. show all of that stuff was kind of like that's it's not, not. Canon. that's just like fun comics and like the um continuation comics are canon but i believe the origin yeah. is canon because that was based on off off of joss's original original script and it was made to fit the tv show so it was meant to be to show how it how everything actually went down yes joss has said it is as close to canon as we're gonna get with that original script and yeah i i remember buying i i read the comics with pike and buffy um and they basically Mm -hmm. break up for the same reason that angel breaks up with buffy in i will remember you and decides to reset time, which is like, well, you're too worried about me not getting killed to be good uh, at your slaying. So I'm leaving. So, which is, I mean, I, I kind of yeah. wish they'd bring Pike back in the comics because I really think he's horrible at the beginning of the thing. But I think he's sort of kind of a nice partner mm-hmm. for Buffy in many ways. So he gets it. He gets it. Yeah. He just needed to get away from Benny. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that was one thing I did notice. And, and again, this may just be bad direction. The way this is put together, it makes it look like Merrick just lets Benny get eaten. Yeah. Because Merrick drives by, Benny gets attacked, then Merrick comes and gets Pike. Yeah, it, there's some weird yeah, editing there. That is, that is, that really doesn't work. Yeah. That's like, whoa, that's... Yeah. Mm. And also the fact that Benny is getting eaten like two feet away from where where Pike and Merrick from are. From Pike, yeah. It's, 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 I think it's that's just, bad directing. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's just it's bad It's just direction. bad direction, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. just badly put together and I, I'm surprised, uh, I'm surprised the editor would have done that. Mm. Uh, unless he was directed to. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So yeah, that's the Buffy movie. That's you know we would not be here without it. Right. But we mm-hmm. can. We don't have to cover it again. 
Yay! <laughs> so next week's exciting. Yay, season two. Uh, we're going to go into season two. Yeah, so this is where Buffy truly becomes And that Buffy. means we'll get Spike in just um, a couple of episodes. Yeah, yep. so next week we'll be uh, reviewing When She Was Bad. Uh, so until then, grr, arg. Grr, arg. Grr, arg. We'd like to thank everyone who downloaded the podcast and an extra special thanks to everyone who shared, liked, and subscribed on social media. If you'd like your questions or comments read on the show, you can contact us on our website, returntothehellmouth.com, on YouTube at Return to the Hellmouth, on Tumblr and Facebook at Return to the Hellmouth, on Twitter at HellmouthReturn, or on email at returntothehellmouth at gmail.com. We'll be sure to read your comments on the show. Be sure to rate our shows at iTunes and Stitcher. Also check out MC's YouTube channel. See you on Tuesday for When She Was Bad. Grr. Arg.